You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 67 with Allison Tenney. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning into this episode today. Uh, I hope you've had a wonderful long weekend and that you're able to relax and just sort of enjoy yourself and take some time off. Um, I was able to do that this weekend, which was great, but I cannot wait to bring you this episode with my friend, Allison Tenney. Um, We just had such a great time talking and connecting and realized, I realized that we had so much in common. Um, I love this podcast because Not only am I able to bring you guys ideas and connect with you on so many different levels and really tell my story with you with the ultimate, my story to you with the ultimate goal of helping you and educating you and obviously connecting with you, like I said, but it's also to bring other people on that I think are awesome. And it's like a great way to just have a conversation with somebody and just get right to it and to like the juicy stuff, the good stuff, instead of, you know, typical small talk, which of course we have to do, but it's definitely not my favorite thing. So that's one of the reasons that I love this podcast. And it was my experience with Allison because I had only really briefly met her uh, back in September when we were at um, a business retreat, uh, Jill Fitz business retreat. And like I said, just really briefly met, connected a little bit. Um, but this was actually like the first time that we really spoke. And like I said, we have a lot in common, a lot of the similar values and viewpoints. Um, so I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Allison is the owner of Allison Tenney Fitness LLC, an online training business built on the belief that movement and heavy lifting are empowering and fun. Through strength training and fitness, Allison helps women build next level strength, confidence, and the courage to seize their personal power. Today, Allison combines her passion for movement and strength training with her commitment to social justice and aims to elevate the fitness profession and make it more inclusive for everybody and everybody. With that vision in mind, she founded Ignited Women's Summit, an annual wellness and leadership event that creates a space for learning through an inclusive lens. So Allison's event, an Ignited Women's Summit, is going to be taking place in Seattle, Washington on February 9th, which is a Saturday. It's an all-day event. Uh, The website is in the show notes. It's just ignitedwomensummit.com, and women is spelled 
W-O-M-X-N, so an X instead of an E. Be sure if you're in the Pacific Northwest to try and make it. It's still, you know, two weeks away or three, almost three weeks away. So um, you still have a little bit of time. But we had a great time talking about like confidence and how to be your most strong self, um, your strongest self, and what strength really means, how to sort of, we had a conversation about comparison and Instagram and just sort of keeping your eyes on your own paper. I think it's really common for us to see what other people are doing, whether that's what they're eating, the way that they're moving, who they're with, the things that they're accomplishing, and maybe making a story about it in your mind. Like, oh my God, they're farther along than me, or they're doing that, so maybe I should do it too. And you know, right now we live in a time that we're able to see so much into other people's lives and access so much. And it's awesome because obviously we can see it, but at the same time, it can be sort of like information overload. And I think it's so important to be able to sift through everything that we see, take what's important, try it out in our life if we want to, and ultimately see what works for us. And we talked a lot about that in this episode of like, what is the thing that actually quote unquote works. And the truth is that we never really arrived like our most strongest or, you know, our most enlightened self. It's like just a continual practice of, to me, showing up for yourself. And it really doesn't matter what you do as long as you show up for yourself. So I hope that you got that out of this conversation or you will get that once you listen to it. Um, just a quick note about my mastermind, you guys, I only have two spots left, um, and we're starting in just a little bit less than a week. Uh, and I cannot wait for us to start and I'm so excited. Um, oh my God, sorry. There's only one spot. Actually, I forgot that I had, um, a couple people coming in, but, um, do you want that spot? If you want it, you have to make sure that you apply to the mastermind ASAP and um, I will review your application and we're going to get in touch. And remember that the mastermind is both one-on-one and group coaching. So you're going to be able to get on the phone with me twice a month. We're going to have a couple, two group calls a month as well. And we will be having a guest expert call. So it's a couple hours a month of commitment, uh, maybe three or four hours per month of uh, just connection and you get unlimited support in a private Facebook group. But my goal is for everybody to triple their investment in the course. So I've already had people that are in the mastermind making money and just sort of doing it and making it happen and taking action. And that's what this is for, something to hold you accountable, something to lift you up and uplift you and support you, make you grow in a business level, but also professionally, well, that is business and personally. And this type of stuff, growing in business, really stretches you. And it's such an amazing opportunity to become more emboldened in your life and more embodied in who you want to be. We can use, you know, food, we can use weights and we can use business to do that. They're all amazing gateways to accomplish those things. So if you guys are interested, 
be sure to look for the application in the show notes, or you can find it in my Instagram profile at Ashley K. Pardo. But um, yeah, that's it. Let's get right into the episode. Be sure to check out um, all, all of Allison's information in the show notes. You can find her on Instagram at Allison Tenney. And that's it. Let's get right into the conversation, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Allison. I am so happy to be here chatting with you. It's going to be so much fun. Me too. I'm super excited. And you and I met actually pretty recently at Jill Fitz Business Retreat um, in Boston. And I was so happy to meet you there. And I knew that I wanted to have you on my podcast. And like I told you, this is like my way that I like get deeper with friends. It's like people that I like want to talk to. I'm like, just come on my show. Let's talk um, and let's have fun. But I love the way that you talk about strength and being an empowered and strong woman. So I really, really want to dive into that. But first, let's start by talking about what you do and how you got to where you are. It's kind of a big question, yeah. but um, just take it, take it where you want to go. Oof, what I do and how did I get there? That is a loaded question. I know. Um, so if you want to talk about your story <laughs> in there too. I see what I do as, um, I mean, mainly it's strength work for women. I do online programming, um, and help women achieve whatever strength goals or fitness goals that they want to achieve. But that only scratches the surface. It's really so much more than that. Cause I see fitness and strength training as this gateway into, um, becoming fully embodied and whether that's like embodied, um, embodied wellness, embodied leadership, like how do you connect with what's going on on the inside? And for so much of us, we're so disconnected from that piece. Um, so what I do with the strength training is really kind of trick clients. I don't know. It's this <laughs> gateway into like, I love it. into more, into tapping into that inner power. Um, once they pick up a barbell or swing that kettlebell um, and understand that their body is capable of so much more than they thought, which then translates into their internal world. Um, and they just discover this whole new power, which is a really cool journey for me to be a part of. And it's funny because I feel like the um, the clients that we serve always are these like previous versions of yourself. 100%. So... <laughs> yes, we are our ideal clients because we yes. can get into the headspace of them. Yes. Um, it is, so I really tend to attract um, ex-athletes mm. um, because I, I am an ex-athlete. That's how I really identify. Athletics was always a part of my background. I grew up being a soccer player, played competitively. Um, played Division One soccer, played a little bit professionally after, and then was a college coach for, oh, geez, almost like about 12 years. Oh, wow. Um, and where yeah. was that that you were coaching? So I was at University of Missouri for a hot second, and then I was at Cornell up in Ithaca, New York for about two years, and then at Seattle University for about eight and a half and almost nine years. So I was a college soccer coach, like as a profession, and then that started bleeding into strength and conditioning. So I was doing both. I was um, coaching the sports on the field and then also doing the strength and conditioning behind the scenes. 
And it was this like cool hybrid role between sport coaching and the fitness piece. So how are you preparing athletes for playing games and keeping them healthy? Um, So that's kind of where the business grew out of because I started having alumni that were like, oh my gosh, you've been writing our program for four years and telling us exactly what to do. And now I'm graduating. And how do I work out? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So like every day, every day fitness versus competitive. Yes. Okay. And that mentality shift between how you identify as an athlete and what your body can do and how you're preparing for um, high level competition versus now maybe I have a nine to five and I don't have to compete at these crazy high levels, but I'm still, I still have that drive. I still have that mentality. What do I do? And it's this kind of wild discovery of like being done and taking this like deep breath of like, oh, I might have more time or I don't have to push my body so much, but you still want to, it's very bizarre. Mm -hmm. So I had all these alumni coming back to me being like, what do I do? I'm like, well, I can still help you with that. Like I've been there. I know what that's like. I know what you're going through. So I started my business, basically training some alumni and then word of mouth, it kind of rolls into, oh, the women in the neighborhood and, um, you know, some high school athletes that I had coached and it just kind of snowballed into, um, my own business of training women that are either ex-athletes or maybe they were a mom because I have two kids and, um, I could totally relate to the moms that I was training. So that's, that's where the business came from, Mm -hmm. um, out of this coaching realm. I love that. And do you see a lot of women who are, let's say everyday women who want to get strong? Are they coming to you as well? Yes. There's this new, well, maybe it's not new. I feel like sometimes it's new. Um, This new mentality that like now women aren't afraid of putting on a little muscle or they're not afraid of stepping into a weight room. And that mentality is shifting, but now they, they maybe don't know what to do. And so they're not afraid to get into a weight room. They see they, you know, they're watching CrossFit and don't even get me started on like strong is the new sexy because oh gosh, I know. F, <laughs> or F the that. new skinny or whatever oh, it is. God. Yeah, I can't All stand of those it. Those things like I can't stand it. But at us at some level it is pushing women into the weight room which i think is a good thing and then we can pull back all of the bullshit layers of what's wrong with those things um but i see women stepping into the weight room more being unafraid and they also need somebody to help them program and to teach them what to do because that can be a very toxic environment in itself. And when you feel like a newbie, that's scary. Um, I think we've all been new at something and <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And so it, like it, you just, you just don't know what to do. And I think there's a whole mindset that goes along with that, along with the, the practical skills of knowing this is how you squat or this is how you swing a kettlebell. 
Yeah. And, and like you said, there's a lot involved. So let's say somebody comes into a weight room having never lifted weights at all. They see dumbbells, they see machines, they see the barbell, which to many people is like, my mom's like, oh my God, I can't touch that thing. It's right? so scary. Even right. though she deadlifted 55 pounds the other day and I was super proud her. of her. I know. Mom. I know. So she started to, cause she's seen changes in me and she's like, your body's never looked this way before. And I'm like, well, honestly, I, it wasn't my goal to do that. Like I just wanted to get strong and now my body has changed as a side effect mm -hmm. of me just like showing up and being committed and learning to love the weights because they do this incredible thing to your internal world and your life. And now I like really love talking about it. Um, so I was happy that I got her to do it, but it's really intimidating. So it's like, what do I do? What, you know, how hard should I go? What type of programs? So there's a lot involved and there's um, a mindset, like you said. So how do you sort of, you can touch a little bit about like uh, the basics of the programming that you do, but what do you do also for the mindset of the women uh, to let them know that it's going to feel hard in the beginning. You might you might have to be really patient before you start seeing any sort of result. Uh, how do you help them stay like in the long game and stay committed to that process? I think being really honest up front. Most women that come to me, and I've started to shift this a little bit because I've found like I don't serve everybody. You can't. Yeah. And I really want to work with the woman <clears throat> that um, – is, is not hyper-focused on that diet yo-yo, yes. trying to solve that problem, I'm using air quotes, yes, problem yes. in 30 days. That's not going to get you where you want to go. Um, we, my philosophy, and I think the women that I work with and what I try to get them to understand is – you don't need to necessarily change your body to arrive at a place that you can be happy with it. And I know yes. that sounds counterintuitive, um, but that self-love piece is so, so important. And we don't, I don't start off my clients being like, you know, you're going to, you're not going to get any stronger and you're not going to lose weight, but we're certainly going to teach you how to self-love. Like yes, yeah. that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think making sure that they understand that they're in it for the long game. Like my clients work with me for a minimum of six months. Yeah. Some of them have been with me for years. Um, that it is a journey. There is no before and after. And that once you start going down that road, it's gaining techniques around trying something new and pushing your own boundaries. And so I really focus on like, what are those boundaries? Do I need to really push this person physically because that's what they want and they need to then find that self-love? Um, or do I just really need to kind of take more of a hands-off approach and give them more positive encouragement, way more love because I'm, I'm more of a therapist for them for that session. Yeah. Um, and so there's an individual approach to each of my clients to take them on that long ass journey mm -hmm. 
of self-discovery and self-love and self-confidence and all of those things that come from, to me, strength training. And I think you can really find that self-love piece through a lot of different avenues. But for me and what my talents are and my superpowers is empowering women through the strength training piece. So that's how it shows up for me. Um, But I think there's so many ways that you can tackle it. Absolutely. And I think that's just a testament to how important it is to find a coach and Mm -hmm. find a coach that you relate to. And that can be a therapist uh, because that's like most of what you end up talking about. Even like with my nutrition clients, we're not really talking about food a lot of the time. Uh, We're talking about whatever else they have going on. Um, And it's how you like relate to that thing. So like when you're talking to your nutrition clients, it's like, is food the trigger? Like is fitness the trigger? Is your family the trigger? Like what are those triggers for you? Because we all have fucking baggage, right? Whether it's food, whether it's your body, whether it's family. So finding what those triggers are, what that baggage is. And then maybe like for you and your food clients, like the nutrition and the food is that piece to heal. For me... And my clients, the weight room is a place to also heal that relationship with your body. Yes. And I think that's huge, huge, huge for people to figure out what those triggers are and what that baggage is, the bias that you bring to the table, the beliefs that you bring. And then whatever coach you're working with needs to be a good match for your personality and what the... Um, what's the right word? Like the implements, like weights yes, or, yes. or journaling or therapy. Like what is that kind of um, vessel that's going to take you down that path? Exactly. And that's something else that I love talking about too, that it is like when we use certain things, whether it's food or shopping or excess like internet scrolling which is like my thing right now um uh, that's like I know I'm like my phone is is my vice right now it's crazy to say um but it's never really about the thing it's just like what is it that you're trying to avoid what is it that you don't want to look at and all of these things are just like you said different avenues in order to discover that but that is much harder than saying like you know just go on a diet or just follow uh, a strength plan that might not be specific for you or good for you. Um, You know, I see a lot of women doing, and I was even here many, many years ago, doing too much, like Mm -hmm. um, improperly programmed CrossFit workouts that are just like 60 minutes of HIIT training with a barbell. And I'm like, why, why am I not, why am I gaining weight when I'm not really eating that much? Why are my hormones out of whack? So that's why it's important to get customized, um, you know, plans with whatever it is that you want to do tailored individually to you so that you can grow within that thing, whatever it is. And I think it's such a beautiful metaphor for growth and for confidence. And I know that, um, you just did this Instagram series that we were talking about a little Mm -hmm. bit before we started recording, you did 30 Mm -hmm. days of strength. And I loved reading those, um, every day and looking at them because, like you said, it's a way for you to discover who you are. So what are some, if people didn't see that, um, what are yeah. some of the things that you, that you talked about that really stood out to you? The 30 days of strength, um, really kind of came out of this like holiday chatter. Yeah. Um, first of all, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get so indoctrinated into like, 
holiday food and how to beat, you know, putting on the pounds and all like all these things that come with the holidays and New Year's. And I was like, I don't want to talk about those things. I, again, love fitness. That is always going to be my avenue for talking about these things. And so instead I did um, all of these different takes on what it means to be strong. What is strength? And I think it shows up in so many ways in our lives. And I want us to unpack that and talk about those things. <clears throat> so there was a couple posts about, you know, of course, like the first time you pick up a barbell and what that feels like, um, to try something new and, um, how empowering that can be, but also like what strength is not like, I think we need to be talking about the other end of the spectrum that it's okay to be strong and soft, that you can have courage and still be fucking scared. Yes. Yes. And that, that's like, duality or that spectrum or those opposites like really do work in conjunction with one another and that that's normal and so many times we're talking about strength in a way that's like you know crush this workout and pick up that barbell and do the hard thing and yes to all of that and you can slow down and you can step back and because you get injured or you have a family crisis or things pop up in your life so much that um, you have to be able to look at the other side of the coin and be able to understand that that is also strength. And I don't think we give enough um, attention to that side of the coin. And so the 30 days of strength was really like these conversations that I wanted to be having um, around all the different ways And because my experience is so limited too, like I wanted to also be learning about how it shows up for other women, other people um, in their life as well. Because I think like how I relate to strength and how it shows up in my life as someone who identifies as female, as white, as cisgendered, um, you know, ex-athlete, mom, strength coach, those are all of my identities. And that's going to be way different than other people. Yes. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that and that we talk about those things too. I love that. Uh, two things. Uh, I love the fact that you talked about duality mm. and the fact that you can be super freaking scared a lot of the time yeah. and still do stuff that yeah. that like is courageous. Um, I think a lot of the time people um, have told me, or might look at me and say like, oh my God, you're like out there doing stuff. Like you put a podcast out every week. I've had like literally tons of people DM me and ask me in person about this. Like you take so much action. How do you do it? Like, are you not scared? What do I do with this fear? I'm like, I'm scared every day. Like literally before I put an Instagram post out, before podcast, before anything new or something that I'm even used to doing, um, I have that fear. But the difference is that you can still take action and do mm-hmm. stuff despite that. Uh, yes. So that's something that's uh, that I've learned and that's super important and that I relate to as well. And that I always try to tell women too: like your fear might not ever go away. Yeah. And and what are you gonna? And are you going to perhaps act still in spite of the fear? 
And I think too, like when I'm listening to podcasts or when I see people that I really admire and I'm like, okay, I get that, like take action, you're scared, you do it, but how? What exactly does that look like yes. on a day-to-day basis? And to me, it's writing, it's just hitting publish. Exactly, right? yes. It's just hitting publish. It's just doing it's, it. It's just doing the thing um, that, again, like to me, for, and I can only speak to like my experience, I get these like nagging um, voices in my head of like, don't forget to email that person. You need to post today. Yes. You need to publish today. You need to do this thing. And so for me, it's really like that action piece is taking those things that are in my head and just doing them mm-hmm. because that hamster wheel won't shut up yeah. until I take the action. Yes. Um, and Sometimes it's just simply like reading 10 pages in a book. Yeah. Like that action doesn't need to be this like monumental thing. Like it's making my kids lunches the night before versus scrambling in the morning to Mm -hmm. like throw them together and hustle them out the door. It's like little things that like you can play around with in your life that make taking bigger action easier. Yes. So I, I think like it's not it's not always these grandiose things. And we think like, oh, they're so successful, like yes. they must have had this huge opportunity mm-hmm. and they, like it's almost like little it's tiny, tiny. every single day that somehow like I look back and I'm like, Oh shit, that added up to a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot and it doesn't feel like that. And I think what you said is so no. true that like the fear can be relative to whatever you have going on and for anybody and something that is small or we that we perceive as um, not that hard might be really hard to somebody as well. And that's valid as well. Uh, so that's really important. But I used to be somebody who was like in victim um, mentality, like mm-hmm. just uh, so sorry for myself, like just tons of anxiety, like why me? Why are they doing mm-hmm. the things that I want to do? And, but I wouldn't do anything, you know, I would Mm. get so paralyzed with fear that I would just give up instantly. Like the second those voices started coming in, I would just not do anything. And that would give me more anxiety. So now even I tell like my business coaching clients that I have, even the tiniest form of action is the Mm. biggest antidote to anxiety. Just like Mm -hmm. moving a little bit, whether that's like writing an Instagram post, whether it's taking a walk, literally just moving that energy around in mm-hmm. whatever way that feels good to you, even the tiniest, tiniest step, it's yeah. one tiny drop in the bucket. And then soon you'll have an overflowing bucket of water, yes. you know, yes. over many years. And I think that's why it goes back to being committed to the journey and committed to just showing up every day uh, in whatever way feels uh you know, in whatever way relates to you. Um, but that's why and, big things can happen through those I tiny think, steps. I think too, like what, what you said really resonated. It's like committing to what is really important to you on an individual level. Mm-hmm. I also get really stuck in the compare trap of like, yes. oh, like I really, like I love her work. I love what she does. I mean, I do this with like my my best friends, right? Who are mm. like doing really cool big things. I'm like, ah, oh, like Allison, you got to keep up. Mm. And I've gotten to a point now where I've done uh, 
really a lot of work, a lot of self-discovery work, um, where it's like you have to come up with your own filter system of what are my values, what are my priorities, what are my what's my mission and my big why? Because I got way caught up in like, you have to have your entire year planned and break it up into, and again, like these are good things. Like yes. I'm not like, I'm not dissing people that do this. Yes, I had to figure this out on my own of like an entire year plan, breaking it up into every quarter, going through your goals, setting all these things for me was super overwhelming. And I am like a type A organizer. Like I love my to-do list. I've got oh like God, three, I've got yes. three <laughs> calendars, one for home, one for content, one for business. I've got goal. Like I do all of that. And when I try to like do too much, it's outrageous. And I drive myself insane because I am also managing a household with a husband who travels all the time. I'm responsible for two kids and their schedules and their food and their like they're like all these everything. other things, everything. Yes. On top of how I want to show up in my business and in my personal life, my friends, my family, and those filters are different for me than it is from say a business coach that I've worked with or somebody who I follow online that I admire. Maybe they don't have kids. That's a big distinction for me and how I need to interpret what they're doing versus what I can do. Yes. Like full stop. Like you have to develop your own filter system and what you allow in and how that operates for you in your life. So when I'm reading things of like, you know, the whole um, morning routine was a huge trigger for me. Ashley, for like two years I berated myself for not getting up at the butt crack of dawn, journaling, meditating, reading, having (laughs) my like cup of coffee before my kids got up. Yes. And if you are a morning person that works for you, awesome. Kudos. I can't do it. Like my alarm goes off at 730. I get up. I try to prep as much as I can the night before in terms of kid lunches and like I'll preset the coffee machine. Like those are the things that have helped me the most. I don't get up in the morning and journal and like have time before my kids get up. It just doesn't work. And until I let go of that and stop berating myself that I should be doing that, it was a game changer. Like I go for a five minute walk after I drop my kids off at school. That's my thing. I journal and clear my head and get ready. Like when I get home after dropping my kids off, that's my time. Not mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. And I, again, like that took me years to figure out and way too much shaming and feeling bad about not getting up early. Yeah. And that is, I know so many of the listeners are going to relate to that because um, we see, like you said, we see somebody from the outside and we see them doing these practices and we're like, ooh, that, like that's how you get there. Right. That's, that's how, the that's, that's the answer. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, that is how, like if I just, if you I just answer for you, though. yes, exactly. If I just, yeah, if I just did this thing, like yeah. I could go in so many directions now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I have clients that come to me and they usually want to heal their relationship with food, let's say, which is not easy. Um, no. And even I come from a background of eating disorders. I struggled with food for a big portion of my life. 
Um, and now I don't anymore. So I think people see that mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, she's like fixed. She's healed. Um, but I'm like, man, I did a lot of work, like yeah. years and years and years of work. And people tell me sometimes like, okay, I get that I have to look inside. I get that I have to move my body. I get that maybe I have to eat whole real foods. But like, mm-hmm. what's the answer? Like, mm-hmm. what's the magic pill? <laughs> and that is everybody like, wants that. yeah, everybody <laughs> wants that. And that's such a common question that I get all the time. Like, okay, I get these things. It's almost too simple yeah. to, to do these basic things over and over. And they want something like fancy and shiny, but like, can you just give me like one more nugget of wisdom uh, that I can implement? So I think that goes along with that too, that you have to just find what it is that works for you. You have to test it and you have to see if it feels good. And then you have to do it for a long time. You have to, whatever way that you want to do it, you just have to be committed to showing up for yourself. and, And that's it. Like, I think that you can do that in so many different ways. And to me, like, oh man, it's such a red flag. If you're working with a coach and they're like, I have the answer. Yes, yes, yes. Run away. <laughs> yeah, run away now. <laughs> yes. Don't. Yes, the yes. The best coaches that I have worked with, and I've worked with a lot of them, just ask better questions. Yeah. They ask better questions to pull back more layers to get you to dig deeper around your own issues, your own identities, and things that you haven't thought of that can shift your worldview. If you're not going to think differently, you're not going to behave differently. And you're trying to change behaviors so that you think differently. And then you love yourself more. Like it's this weird cycle that like one thing turns into the other to get you back to the first thing. Yes. That's probably really fucking confusing. (laughs) But but if you're like, oh yeah, I've totally been on that journey and that path. And like, you know, you just know. So the the best coaches ask the best questions to get you to dig deeper. And it's not an easy process. And I think that what happens, like, I totally agree with uh, that model of good coaching, of running away when somebody says that they have the answer for you. And I think sometimes, and this was something I was kind of just looking through your blog before we got started, you were talking about validation and Mm. the fact that like, and I've struggled with this as well, the fact that we can look outside to people Mm -hmm. a lot, to other coaches, to somebody that we look up to to even our spouses, our families, or whoever it is to Mm. let us know that we are okay. Or like, you know, and I think that like, I used to do this with coaches of mine as well. Like as long as I have their approval, Mm. then everything is cool. So what do you think about that? Is that something that you have struggled with? Is that something that you see Uh. with your clients? Uh, Because I know that's something that my clients struggle with too. It happens with them with me sometimes uh, that we get so close and it's like, I want to teach them, my ultimate goal is to teach them how to be their ultimate teacher, their own ultimate teacher, their own ultimate guru, because nobody can be that for yourself besides you. People can guide you, but it's ultimately you. And I think if your clients um, never leave you, you haven't done your job. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, Now, I've I've had clients that have been with me for um, a number of years but I see their growth and I see them needing 
me validating them less and less. They just need the programming, right? Yes, like, yes. give me the workouts, let me go crush. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, I can handle that because they don't want to put the mental energy into it. But if you're working with somebody who constantly needs your approval, or I mean, that's, um, God, what type of, I'm blanking on the word, what type of relationship is that? Codependent? Codependent. Yes, yes, <laughs> Codependent. yes. Like, yes. I need to work on my own, like, codependent issues. Um, but it's so much easier to spot when you see those in your clients. Um, and I don't want that type of client. I want a client that's going to learn to do the work, to dig in so that they can then go out into the world and do it themselves. Like exactly. that is the goal. Yes. And this, this like needing validation, we, I, I mean, I guess it's blank. Maybe, maybe not everybody needs validation, but like, hi, welcome to Instagram and like yes. tapping it all the lights. <laughs> yes, yes. Like you post and you're like, fingers Are crossed. they going to comment? Yeah. How many? Yeah. <laughs> how many likes? I mean, yes. I can't tell you how many like Instagram posts that's been like, wah, wah. I know. Yes. And I can't. Very thoughtful attack, ones like, even. Ugh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like I spent so much time. It's the thoughtful ones and the high stakes ones and the ones that like really you want people to like dig in and think about. People don't want that. They want the easy. They want the quick. They want the pretty image that they can just keep on scrolling. And that's not what I'm about. Yeah, Um, same. And this needing validation is really, I think Brene Brown does a lot of talk about it in her books about this sense of belonging and how important it is. Humans um, need community. We do. We have to be in relationship with one another, which also can be very messy. Um, but we require this sense of belonging. And so, if if you're only getting that through likes and taps on Instagram, that's problematic. Yeah. Like. You need to do some more work around why that is um, because your sense of self can't come from outside of you. And I think that's the problem with the coaching and needing the answer and just read this book and it'll solve the problem because we're constantly searching for that answer outside of yourself. Like those answers are inside of you. They always have been. They always will be, and you have to do the work to tap into that and uncover those answers. Books and coaches can help uncover the layers, but they're not going to give you the answer because you have that. Yes. And we are the answer. Like that's the answer, uh, which is not what people want to hear, but I was in that. I was in, but it's the truth. And I'd rather tell people the truth even if it might be more difficult or whatever it is, then um, misguide them on a journey. Because I was there too. Like, oh, if I just read one more self-help book, then oh, like God. that'll heal me. That will, like, you should see my library. It's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty intense. Um, but, you know, I'm like, if I just read one more book, then it'll happen. And it wasn't until I sort of took a fast from from like information mm-hmm. and started relying on myself through different ways uh, where I got to a place where it started to feel really good, but it didn't feel good at the beginning. And that's why I think a lot of people resist it because often the things that are best for us don't feel awesome in the moment. And even like, okay, so I used to really struggle with my body and body image and things like that. 
And I'm so much better now because I've been doing this work for a long time. And now I don't wake up every day and pinch my belly fat and weigh myself and all those things that like we do just look in the mirror and like, I'm going to change this. Yes. I don't do that anymore. Like I, but it doesn't mean that I'm not still struggling around my body. Mm -hmm. Like I think um, when you listen to things like this, so you read books, you just want the answer. You think that that like, you know, after that, like, quote, after is this place that you arrive at, and then you're, you love your body all the time, or you're great with food, or like, it's this perfect place. It's not. Yeah. Like, you still struggle, you just struggle in different ways. You may not, you may not berate yourself every morning on the scale. um, But I show up in the gym and I still get frustrated around certain things. Like there's still aspects that aren't great. It's just shifted my journey. And I have the the skills to spot it. Oh yeah, boy. Yeah, you can see it coming. There it is, yeah. Al. Yeah. <laughs> you better like go phone a friend yeah. or talk to your coach. But like it's so much easier um, a mentor and friend of mine, Dr. T. Williams, I learned from him this idea of thinking about your thinking, metacognition mm, yes. of like, oh, there's that thought. That's not helpful. Where is that popping up from? But the ability to think about your thinking is a skill. And yes. once you can develop that skill, you can spot it and you can rein it back in way faster. And so now instead of an entire day being ruined, by, you know, me being bloated in the morning, it's like, oh, there's that thought. I'm a little bloated. Cool. Let me go have some water. Yeah. Yeah. Done. And yeah. now I move on. <laughs> yeah. And you move on. And and that brings up such a good point as well that I've gone through that I know the listeners have gone through too, is that you think that like when you get to a certain place, mm-hmm. like you said, you never struggle anymore. And mm-hmm. what I think happens is that like you might still have the same thoughts like yeah. the, the same thoughts about Ew. food. Yeah. You, the same so thoughts habitual. about your body. Uh, but it's in the way years. that you react. It's yes. yeah. Of like You're literally cemented it. in your brain oh, of stuff. It's so hard. I mean, yes. I can't, it's taken years of therapy and coaching and books and a marriage and like having kids and all these things just to be able to think about my thinking. Yes, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, but that what? is, I know. But, but that's it. But that's a skill that anybody can hone in. Um, and I think that like when we see things out there that are like, you know, have amazing thinking in 30 days or whatever it is, or like never think about it. Like I literally thought I used to do a lot of yoga and I thought that like if I did enough yoga and mm-hmm. if I meditated enough, that I would get to this place where like my mind would just be like enlightened and blank. So every day was like, shit, it didn't happen today. Like (laughs) I dedicated three hours, like two hour yoga practice, one hour meditation. It didn't happen. Maybe tomorrow. And I went on like that for a really long time. And I'm like this loop of thoughts that I have is probably never going to go away. So what can I do now? I can change the way that I react to those thoughts, change my actions, change my behaviors, So that like they're passing by, they're there, but like I don't have to engage with them. And that to me is like big time growth that can happen for yourself. Well, there's that analogy of um, like the weather 
of like yes. being a like Pema Chodron. Yes. And knowing that like you're the sky. Those cl- the you're the, the sky. Weather. Like up above those clouds is like you that the weather is passing, it can be stormy, but you can observe those things and know that you are not those things. Yes. Does that yes, make sense? totally. Um so something that you talked about a little bit was that I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that you have become a voice for talking about different types of people in the wellness industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, People that are underrepresented, that are not talked about, Mm -hmm. that are not seen. So what has that process been like for you and what made you want to open up about it? Um, Well, number one, I think fitness is for everybody. Yes. I think everybody and every body. Um, And I think the process for me really kind of exploded because I was pretty blind to that um, when I started on the journey. And I think it was because of my bias. It was because of my privilege, which is also a hot topic word that we can dive into. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see a lot of these things. um, And I ran an event almost three years ago um, and got some pretty, um, for me, it was harsh feedback. And I had to like really dig in and do a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was not easy. It was not easy feedback to take. And I really resisted it at first. I got super defensive and was really hurt. And it took me a while to kind of rebound back and be like, okay, you know what? They're right. Let me dig into this. And the more I learned and the more I listened, I was like, this is a, this is a big fucking problem. Um, And it's, I guess I use fitness again as the vehicle. And so when I talk about these issues, I try to, um, stay, stay in my lane a bit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, as I think that's important, but also use my voice. Um, so I like to use fitness as the platform and I created this event, Ignited Women's Summit to talk about those things, um, you know, in year one of the events, I basically had three white women talking about empowerment and strength, and it missed the mark because you can't empower all women and you can't talk about strength for all women when there's three white women that are centered. Yeah. And yes. it's like, duh, yeah. right? Like when I say that, like, duh, Allison, but when you are in it and you're like, but women should be supporting women and we can empower everybody. Like, no, that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> you need to acknowledge differences and acknowledge different experiences and acknowledge your own privilege when you show up to spaces. Um, and so year one to year two, I really did that work to acknowledge those things and to learn about my own privilege, um, showing up as a white woman in the fitness space, um, and what that means. And that's not easy work to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, you know, I feel like roundabout way of saying, <laughs> <laughs> do your work. Yes. Um, and be in community with people. And I think the the fitness space needs more diversity. We need more voices. 
because it's so heavy with um, thin white women. And that's not the, it's not the world. And when your world is not reflected back to you, that's problematic. Yeah. Um, so it's, and for me as a thin white woman, I know people can't see me, but I present as that typical standard. And so that's my privilege. That's yeah. my privilege showing up. And I sure as hell am going to use my privilege to platform other women and give voice to other women and help other women who look like me, other white women, understand where their privilege shows up. And again, like that's really messy and I'm constantly messing it up. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But that's part of the process too. Yeah. You know, especially for a subject that's so sensitive. Um, because even for me, I'm, I'm Latin, um, you know, and I'm from Miami where, you know, it's always been a melting pot. There's always been all these different types of people around me. So that was always my norm. Like, hey, different cultures, different colors, different people. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that in other parts of the country, uh, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that, you know? And that Mm -hmm. was my own privilege in a different way and my own ignorance that these things need to be talked about. And once I sort of realized that, I was really scared to talk about it because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to mess up. Um, all the time, but I think it's important to bring the attention to other groups of people to represent them so they can see themselves, um, and they can feel like they can be part of this group too. And and that is okay. Those welcoming spaces are so important because as again, like I can only speak being a white woman, um, whiteness is the, the default, yeah. Like I, I am the norm. And so when I show up to spaces, whether that's a conference, an event online, anywhere, anywhere, when I show up, I am the norm. Um, so I never have to think about any of that. I mean, may, like as a, um, you know, me being a woman, like that identity, my gender identity, um, you know, I have to deal with those types of things, but I, I'm not black. I'm not gay, I'm not, like all those other identities, those other intersections, I do not have to think about. Um, And so how, like, when you show up to those spaces, I think if you're aware of that, then you can be um, better at like, listening to other people. Like, I don't have to center myself in a space where I'm already centered. Does that make sense? Yes, 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 totally, totally. (laughs) And I love what you're doing with the Ignited Women's Summit. We'll put all of the information in the show notes um, for people to to check that out and and participate. Um, It's in Seattle, right? Mm -hmm. On February, the first weekend of February? The second Uh, weekend? Second weekend, yeah. So Saturday, February 9th. um, And it's, it's all day. It starts at 8.30 in the morning. It goes till 4. Um, and I, it's interesting. I was even looking at the event website and I think, um, somewhere in the websites, like right off the bat, I had said, um, learn through an inclusive lens. And I'm even looking at my language around like inclusivity. Mm. And I think, um, to me right now, 
conversations that I'm having um, around diversity and inclusion, I feel like those are really big buzzwords. Like, of course, it's cool. Like, you want diversity, you want inclusion. But what does that look like behind closed doors? Like, how are you creating that diversity and inclusion? And I want to take it, like, to the next level. Because diversity and inclusion is really talking about, like, appreciating the differences, raising awareness of targeted groups. Um, But it lacks an analysis of the power and privilege towards those targeted groups. Mm. Um, And so I think if we can take it a step further in talking about social justice and really talking about liberation, you're talking about fighting for something versus fighting against something. Mm. And so the, the event and what I'm hoping, fingers crossed, (laughs) what I'm hoping to really do around the event is talk about this, change in in the fitness and wellness realm of what we can become and what we can fight for um, and not just fight against. And, and again, like I, I do think like anti-racism work and like anti whatever ism is super important, but it's also really hard to constantly be fighting against something. Um, and I find it way more sustainable to be fighting for something. And I think Mm. there's a difference there. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love everything that you said. And like I said, we'll be sure to put the events details in, in the show notes for people um, to see if they want to want to attend. Um, I wish I could go, but I'm deep in uh, wedding (laughs) stuff. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But maybe next year. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about was, which we were talking about this a little bit offline, was the fact that you have two daughters and your mom and you are such a wonderful example of a strong woman. So how do you, what do you, I don't even know how to ask this question, but how do you sort of give that example to your kids and sort of guide them um, in that way to become their own independent thinkers, um, and confident women as well? Oh, God. I feel like this is such a hard question because I never feel like I'm doing it right. I never (laughs) feel like I have the answers. Um, and I'm constantly effing it up. That's how it feels like to me. Um, but I guess a couple things that I try to do with my girls, um, number one, talking to them like they're humans and not just children. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think, I think the way we communicate with our kids, we don't give them enough credit. Um, and so I really try to honor their autonomy, um, and treat them like they always have a choice because they do and they should. So that like, to me that shows up, um, when, when we're getting dressed in the morning, like, what do you want to wear today? Cool. Put that on. Fine. Like Mm -hmm. as long as you're dressed for the weather, that's fine. Um, giving, giving them choices, just giving them small choices throughout the day. What do you want for breakfast? What do you want for lunch? And it's usually a or B. So then they're empowered to make choices. Um, we are constantly talking about bodies body autonomy, body shapes, 
Um, my six-year-old will walk around in a sweatshirt and talk about her big fat belly. I'm not like, no, you're not fat. That's not like, Mm -hmm. there's no shame. I'm at least like in my best skill set. There's no shame around their bodies. Um, and we come up with like little mantras. I ask them who's in charge of your body. Um, and they, you know, say, I am who's in charge of your emotions. I am Mm. when we're walking to school, Um, I ask them, why is today going to be an amazing day? Um, And it's because we choose, because we have the choice to make it amazing. Um, When we're, I always ask to hold their hand. I ask Mm. to have a hug. I ask to have a kiss. Those are things that are not mine to take. They are theirs to give. And I, I, again, I don't know if that's right. Um, Those are things that just work for us and that I hope I'm imparting on them that um, they are in control of their bodies and that nobody has the right to their body. Um, and so when we're talking about like consent culture and rape culture and toxic masculinity and things like that, they have some type of awareness um, and a baseline as they get older. Um, gosh, I ho- I mean... I'm sure there'll be something that I mess up, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the fact that like I worry all the time, like I don't even have kids, but I'm still worried about like being a good mom. I think the fact that you care and the fact that you are, that you think about stuff like that yeah. means that you're a good mom. You know and what I mean? I apologize all the fucking time yes. to my kids. Yes. Yeah. Like, so I, common. like when. When they're upset or they're crying, I'm and I know like I I have rage mode like and I've done a way better job um, handling that from a lot of other things, therapy and some skill sets that like I've started implementing. But I would like fucking snap and go off on them. And when that happens or when I fight with my kids or I understand my reaction is out of line. Like, hi, I apologize. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I'm constantly apologizing to my six and eight-year-old, like, mommy's really sorry. How did that make you feel? Um, you know, and and we, we go through it. And so I really try to own up to, like, what my piece is and hopefully letting them know, like, I'm a human. Yes. <laughs> and I mess up. Like, I am not perfect, Um, I had a life before kids. I am a person outside of just my mom identity. And I tell my friends constantly, like, I'm not mom first. Like, I actually see myself as like, all these other identities before my mom identity. Mm. And I don't want my kids thinking like, oh, mom just cooks and cleans and is there at my beck and call. Like, that's what she's there for. Like, yeah. no. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's not what I'm here to do solely. <laughs> yeah. And I think by doing that, you are setting up, like I said, just a wonderful example for them. And you are creating boundaries with them as well, which I think of like, you know, you might see other moms out there that like hug their kids and grab their kids and kiss them. And when the kids are like, mm, like, I'm kind of making a face of like, get away from me. Yeah, and they like, yeah, don't yeah. care. And yeah. that's what I see. And 
to say like, hey, is it okay if I hold your hand? Like to think like if that would have been said to me, I think it would have changed the trajectory of my life. You know what I mean? To just have, you know, that autonomy in myself and to know even at six years old that I can say like, no, mom, I I don't want to do that. Like that's amazing to me. Um, And I love seeing you with your girls on your on your Instagram stories. They're so cute. (laughs) And I love seeing them dress themselves. Uh, The other day, uh, she looked super awesome. One of them. Oh my god so, with like high socks yes. high tops, bows out the wazoo yes. I mean they're just wild yes. and good for it. them yes <laughs> but I love that you say too I think it's so real to say like I don't have it figured out I think I mess up I say sorry because it's hard like I can't even imagine um I'm saying it's hard when I don't even really know um so so I love that and it, and I know that the moms listening are going to get a lot of that. Um, and I could talk to you forever about all this I stuff. Know, I had like all I these know. words written down and we didn't get to half of them. Um, but that's what I love about the podcast that it just kind of like, if we were out yeah. to coffee, this is probably yeah. just what would happen to, um, yeah. I always ask the guests just a couple quick fire questions. Um, the first one is I'm a big reader. The listeners are big readers. Mm. So I know we talked a little bit about books. Um, previously but are there any books that you would recommend to people that just had a really big impact on you oh god where do I even start um so many so I'll just give you my most recent two okay (laughs) um I'm currently in the middle of reading Atomic Habits by James Clear um I'm really liking that yes I have it on yeah I have it on my Kindle can't wait yes so I'm I'm about a quarter of way through that and loving it and the book I just finished over the holidays which I'm like obsessed with is called The Art of Gathering How We Meet and Why It Matters it's by Priya Parker um and it's amazing it's like changing the way I'm thinking about Ignited Women's Summit but she has just great tips about community how you're really gathering as a community and so really enjoyed that one love that and we'll put those in the show notes um the next one I ask is just for my own curiosity um and that's if you were on death row what would be your last meal Ooh, my mom's king ranch casserole Mm, what is that Oh, it's like um, these layers of tortilla oh, with yeah. chicken and spices and peppers and cheese, and um, you like soak it in chicken stock, and oh, it's yes. like a it's like yes. a casserole. But oh, it's my so so good. I oh, love it, it sounds amazing. <laughs> um, and it's funny because most people, some people are just like steak and potato or whatever it is. But it's either like that, like, you know, or something that's really nostalgic that brings you back that you just kind of love. And the next question I ask is kind of a loaded one, too. But um, I know you post about abundance sometimes. And I think I've heard you talk a little bit about like the universe and just about that. So I'm wondering just what your thoughts are about like what we're doing here in life um, and and sort of like what is out there um, in terms of something greater um, and sort of just your views around that. Oof, that is loaded. We could I know. We an entire hour on just that. I know. 
Abundance. I, you know, I am such a firm believer in your energy and what you're putting out and just the energy of gratefulness and abundance. Um, and it's about your mindset and, um, the energy that like, like I do believe that we're connected to a greater source. Um, so whether you call that God, whether you call that source, like whatever it is, there is something bigger than us out there. And the energy that you put out, um, it's law of attraction. And I'm not saying you can just think about a million dollars and make it happen, but you will be a happier person and be able to sustain whatever it is you're going through if your mindset is one of gratitude and abundance, even for the shitty shit that yes. you go through. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because yes. I know I know you're there. I know it can be shitty. Um, but finding, I was going on my abundance walk, I call it my abundance walk this morning and being like, oh, I've got all this shit to do. And it just, it was like overwhelming. And I'm looking down, I'm like, you know what? I'm wearing my favorite shoes. Yeah. And I'm walking <laughs> yes. in my favorite shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that cool? Like if we can just connect to those small things, um, that's what we're looking for. Connection and love. Um, and doing our goddamn best to spread that. Yes, I love that. And that is such a simple thing to do. Like you literally have it available to you at any moment. And I still get down sometimes in my brain and then I'm like, ooh, this flower. Yeah. Like literally just that or like this grass or whoa, look at that cloud. Like it's always there, always available. And I think that we forget that sometimes. Again, we want something that's like extravagant. Yes. Um, and nobody can take that from you. Yeah. I think yes. that's what's so amazing. Like nobody, nobody can take that from you. And that there is so much power in that. Yeah. Love that. Uh, last question. Um, and this doesn't have to be like anything fancy or grand, but I'm always curious about the best piece of advice that you have been given or just something that's had an impact on you in your life? Something that's had an impact on me. Like an, advi- um, an advice that you've gotten or a lesson that you've learned. Mm. Um, this is actually in the last year um, has been super impactful taking, um, and it's a class, taking uh, Dr. T. Williams' Foundations of Social Justice mm. class. Um, I have learned so much about social justice and about my own values and my own mission and priorities. Um, it's really altered my worldview and helped me to strengthen and deepen a lot of the relationships in my life. Um, and that's a lot of self-discovery and work that's been guided by him and his course And so that has really, really, really helped me. Um, And I've read a lot of, you know, books that he's recommended and articles and things like that. So that's all like super jam-packed in his course. And I'm about to start the self-awareness course, which I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I'm going to dig in even more. But here we go. Yeah. Fun. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So that that has been really, really impactful to to me. Do you know if that course is always available? 
it is, um, I think he's going to turn it into like an evergreen course. The foundations of social justice is actually, I just finished up the first kind of round and I know he's opening it up for the second round now. Um, but I think it might, I don't know. It might be the last time that he'll offer it like live where he's coaching every single week. Yeah. So I would, I I just can't recommend that course enough. I've seen it recommended by a lot of people. Um, and I definitely want to take it at some point. And I know that some of the listeners would be, would be interested, um, for personal development, for awareness. Um, there's so many things that we don't know. Uh, And we don't know that we don't know them until we learn them. So, and to me, understanding like my different identities, yes, and how they intersect, and what my salient identities are, and how that shows up for me. Because I'm like, oh shit, like I got a lot (laughs) unpacking to do around this whole like gender thing and race thing and classism and ableism and all these all the things. So he really helps unpack that um, in a way that allows you to do your work. Love it. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes too. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved talking to you. So much fun. Let us know where we can find you online and what the best way to reach you is if people want to get in touch. Cool. So I'm uh, unfortunately Instagram obsessed. Yeah. So I'm all over the gram at Allison Tenney, all lowercase, all together. Um, and that's really the best way. If you want to DM me, um, reach out to me. I'm I'm on there a ton. The website is getting a revamp and should be launched within the next month or two. And that's at AllisonTenneyFitness.com. Um, and the website for the Ignited Women Summit is ignitedwomensummit.com and women is spelled with an X. So perfect. Okay. Those are the spots. And are you taking clients right now for programming? I am not, but I will be once the new website launches because I'll be coming out with a new coaching program with a whole new platform, um, taking, taking on some one-on-one clients. So be on the lookout for that, which is really exciting. Awesome. So definitely reach out to and DM Allison about her services or just to talk to her or about Ignited Women's Summit. Love talking to you today. And we're going to have to do this again so I can get through my other, (laughs) my other topics. (laughs) Thanks, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.